You know, as we do the uh, Silent Night uh, series and, and thinking about this, and I know that, um, that, you know, Pastor Lane was here last week. And, you know, again, this is, this is one of those, those uh, kind of challenging times because, um, you know, just in life in general, you know, with, a, with sometimes the things of, that we do experience as far as, um, you know, loss of loved ones and different things, even in the past. And holidays sometimes become a, quite the challenge and can be. And, um, and what, um, what um, you know, I, I'm just looking at the Christmas story that we would, we would look at, you know. Uh, again, a lot of times we're just celebrating the good things. You know, and, and the high points and the, you know, it's, it's the savior of the world. But, but there is a backstory. There is some real difficulty and real challenge that is going on in, in lots of these lives. You know, not, not, not just in one or two, but uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot that's going on here. And some real tragedy that happens in that, in, in that whole passage that we look at that, again, so many times we're celebrating and we're, we're uh, thinking about that. But whether it was the, you know, young Mary that, that here she is um, basically conceiving under the, the anointing, the Holy Spirit coming upon her. And as a young teenage girl that is betrothed to a, a man, Joseph, and now she's having to deal with that, whether you're, whether you're Joseph and, and the, you know, the young lady that you're betrothed to, going to marry, and now she's pregnant, and this is supposed to be of, you know, <laughs> of the Holy Spirit, and, and how he's dealing with all that and processing it, and, and uh, and you just you you just continue to see that playing out, you know, with with uh, all the way all the way through, uh, even with the wise men coming from afar and being there. You know, by that time, you know, the estimation is is that Jesus was about two years old. You know, I know that our our nativity scenes paint a different picture, but but that's that's not really you know biblical in that. And so they were coming from afar, and they, they talked to Herod, and, and um, so they're there. Well, you know, Herod was like, okay, come tell me where this, this uh, newborn king is. And, uh, and so, um, of course, they were warned in a dream and left, and Herod, you know, ends up just killing all the, all the babies two years and, and younger um, in, in that area. And... But Joseph was warned in a dream, and he fled to Egypt. Think about this. So he fled to Egypt. So they had to pack it up and leave. You know? I mean, think about that. If you just had to, overnight, pack it up and just, just flee. And that's, that's where they were. And they were in Egypt, they say, uh, about another three years. In Egypt, before making their way back. So you see all these different things that are going on, that are happening. That, um, you know, uh, confusion, uh, questions, um, possibly, you know, even, even scandals, if you will. Um, 
um, you know, where tragedy, you know, with the killing of all those babies and, and just the, the uh, heartbreak, you know, that, that came with that and then having a flea, all of those things. And, and I think that if we're not careful, sometimes we just kind of paint over and make everything real pretty. Because that's what we like, right? You know? I don't know about you, but how many of you like reading Job? <laughs> no, that's not a book that we get attracted to, right? That's, that's like, uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and, uh, and so, to be honest, I think that we, we don't want to go there. And so, we want to just paint a real nice picture and, and, uh, and really hope for the best. But the reality is, so much of life is, is so intertwined to where it is bittersweet, so much of life has those, those silent nights, if you will. They have those moments that it's like, okay, where is God in the midst of this? Or we ask questions that we feel we don't have answers to. And, um, and so I'm, my hopes is that in this we kind of deal with some of that, but also capture the hope that God gives us. In the midst of all that. Because God is the God of hope. And all the way through, God is bringing forth something that is beautiful, that is an expression of himself when, you, when we think about this. You know, when we think about, you know, Christmas time and here, God invaded the earth with himself to walk among us. I want to read this here in John's Gospel, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Look at that, because I want to talk to you about light in the darkness. We sang about it in Waymaker. Light in the darkness. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, or it could not stop it. Darkness can't stop light, can't overcome it. Light prevails. Light drives out the darkness. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through, uh, that, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Father, we just thank You this morning, God. We thank You for just the ministry of Your Word in our hearts and lives. And that we would just uh, receive all that you have for us today. And Father, we just, we just offer you this time. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Here, um, you know, there's some interesting things going on. You know, we, uh, we've, we've uh, had quite the year, right, <laughs> in 2020 in a lot of ways. And, and it's strange that, that um, you know, when you read the Christmas story of the kind of eventful things that were happening, you know, one of those being, you know, this star that, you know, appeared. And, um, and I don't know if you know this, but I think what, starting tomorrow night, they, there, there's an actual solar eclipse, a full-on eclipse, of the only one for 2020 that's going to happen tomorrow. And you'll have that. And then also, I was reading where uh, Saturn and Jupiter are going to move uh, the closest that they have moved together in, uh, what, since six, 16, yeah, like 800 years, yeah, since like 1600 and something. Happened again in 1200s. And then they believe that it happened at the, at, around the birth of Jesus. And, and so, um, very well could have been. But, um, but in that, you know, for uh, December 21st, when that happens, they're saying that it'll look like a star. It's not actually a star. But it is a light that, that will happen because of those two planets and their alignment and the way they, they'll come, they're closest together. Now, there's still be millions of, I mean, you know, there's not going to be a collision, okay? No, no, you know, catastrophe, you know, in the universe. But, but uh, God's got it all under control, right? Come on. <laughs> he does. And uh, Hebrews 11.3, he's got it. <laughs> he's framed the universe. It's all working. But in that, they will be at their closest in uh, like 800 years. And so what is all this significance? What is all going on? I don't know if you've been keeping up with all the, the Isra Israeli peace accords that are happening. Four nations already, so many other nations that, that are looking at this. And we're seeing things where, where Jews and Arabs are celebrating Shabbat together. They're dancing together. They're, um, it's, it's like, wow. You know, so what, what all in end-time prophecy even is happening and coming together at this time? And so I'm expectant that God is at work doing some incredible things in spite of the pandemic, in spite of all the craziness in the world that's, that's going on, that God is still at work. He is still light in the darkness. And we need to hold to that. How, what do we do when we're, when we're in some of those times, you know, when it seems dark, when, when you, you're, you're looking or you're searching or you're longing for answers, for guidance, for, for some kind of something in a moment where there is possibly some loss that has happened in your life. And, um, and that's what I hope to, to just kind of speak to here in the next few minutes. You know, the first thing... And I know that it can be seen as a cliche, but it's not. It is absolutely true. The first thing is we must lean into His grace. We must lean into His grace. There is something about the grace of God. 
Well, what, what are you talking about, Pastor? What do you mean lean into his grace? The, see, the, the Bible talks about this, this grace. And when you really study that out, see, sometimes I think we, again, we get them confused. There's mercy and there's grace. Mercy's not giving us what we deserve. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I didn't get what I deserved, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then there's grace that says, you know what? I'm going to bless your socks. I'm going to give you. It's God's unmerited favor. I'm going to give you what you couldn't earn. That's grace. That's what happened with salvation. It is grace. <laughs> and so in this, to lean into that is, a, is, is strongly in a place of, of your relationship with Him in this place of trusting Him. Now again, if, if you don't have a foundation of, of salvation through this amazing love that God has, you know, we sing about this love of God, and if you've got a, long, a wrong um, perception of who God is, then this is going to be a problem. Because, see, if you, if you don't understand that, that God's for you and He loves you, then what happens is if that is tainted and you see God in an incorrect way, you're not going to lean into it. You may take, the, take the, the role, well, God's punishing me. You know, I really, I messed up, you know. I deserve it. You know, I, I, I know that, that, uh, that, that God's just after me. This is what I deserve, right? But see, if for, for, the, for the Christ follower that has a good foundation of, of the love of God and, and to find yourself in a, in a difficult situation, in a time where you're facing some loss, and, it, and if you've got a good foundation of, of, again, who God is, that He's a good God, Right? and then from that place you have the ability in those moments to lean into his grace to trust him when you normally would not be able to trust see grace it helps us to be what we could not be in our own. It helps us to do what we could not do in our own. I'm telling you, I, I, you know, some of you have heard the story, and I, I just I can't help but, but continue to talk about it. But you know, when we were faced with that initial diagnosis with Erica, and, and that can be so overwhelming. You know, all those scans are up on the wall, and a whole team of medical people around us, and talking about this huge tumorous mass that was filling her chest cavity and then collapsed one lung. And just, again, it, it, for, for Joanne and I, I mean, it's just like, wow. And they're doing emergency surgery, and, and doctors are going to engage and do all that they know to do. And I remember the next morning after, after she, had, she had gone to surgery, we, we went to the cafeteria that, that early that morning, and we were sitting there, didn't eat anything, but we were just, just sitting there. Looking at each other. And it's like for the first moment, you know, with nobody else around. In that moment, <laughs> we're sitting there looking at each other. And the pain, the, the, the feeling of, 
all of that trying to come on us. But we made a commitment that we're going we're gonna to trust God through this. We're going to trust God in the midst of this. God didn't do this. And that he's not punishing us for something. Like some of my ministerial alliance buddies from the, from the small town that I was a part of, you know, well, he must have sin in his life. <laughs> some of the religious garbage that gets, you know, out there. And it's like, no, we're trying to serve God and live for God with our whole heart. <laughs> now, were we perfect? No. <laughs> but see, it, it, think about that. If you're going to work with your kids, just because your kid's not perfect, you're going to put them out of the house? No. You might smack them around a little, but <laughs> you might, you might as, as we say in West Texas, jerk the slack out of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to some of those calves last night you know being roped you got the slack jerked out but uh but no we're but we're gonna stick in it we're gonna love them we're gonna correct them but we're gonna be there for them why would we somehow think that god i i i get i get sometimes taken back by individuals that have that kind of view to where it's like god is just like some White-haired old guy, no, no offense, Pastor Olmson, <laughs> just waiting with a big stick for you to mess up. That's not. He loves us. I mean, if he was willing to give Jesus to die for us, I mean, what else do we need? Think of the love that was in that very act. From the God creator of heaven and earth that desires us in relationship. Lean into his grace. And Joanne and I just watched all the way through that. People would look at us, they would look at Erica, and of course, you know, all her hair had fallen off her body everywhere. No eyebrows, eyelashes, nothing. And, and she just skinny as a rail. She was skinny anyway, but now she's really skinny. And just, just to, you know, the, the look, you know, she looked like she was one foot in the grave. And somehow, Joanne and I, it was like we were blinded to it. We just loaded it up, went wherever, you know, did life. Prayed over, pled the blood of Jesus over. <laughs> she didn't get sick. And we had a daycare. <laughs> she was going to work with us and hanging out. And, I mean, it's just, just the grace of God. You can lean into it. Secondly, oh, step into the light. Step into the light. <laughs> You know, when it's talking about there in John's gospel and on into chapter 3 where we know the famous passage <laughs> that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But it goes on to talk about the light. Because remember, Jesus is the light of, of men, but he is the light. And it says that in this light, men's deeds are dark. And we, we run to darkness because of the deeds. That's the tendency. But 
that's not, that's not how we find freedom. That's not how we'll find the fullness that God has for us and all the blessings that He has for us. You know, I'm, I'm on a uh, call once a month with an individual that, that um, goodness, probably a year and a half ago, he, he, uh, different city, not even San Angelo, but, um, you know, know this pastor and, and, uh, and this, this man that was in his church and, and so was a part of that and in the initial stages when it had come out that, that he had been found with another lady and so initially, he was denying it. He was lying about it. We knew he was lying about it. When there's video footage, it's hard to lie. <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> it was not pretty. And it was a situation where he lost his job. And, um, and he denied it all the way to the point he packed his family up, moved to another city, Trying to get away from it. But some just kept reaching out, loving on him, trying to reach him. And finally, finally, in a moment with a place that he felt safe enough, he stepped into the light. He opened it up to his spouse. He confessed and we've we've watched as we've kind of tracked through this process because he found real help because he literally talked about you know he he was probably maybe 40-ish early 40s his whole from as a teenager all the way through his whole life he had dealt with all these all these sexual challenges and pornography and had had affairs and he was in traveling sales and different things and so he was around different places and it just it was easy to to have happen and and now in talking to this individual for him to talk about the amazing marriage and family that he's got and just how just just complete turnaround for the first time in his life where he genuinely is free. But he had to find someone to talk to. He had to step into the light. So many times we, we, we want to run from it. But the reality is, listen, again, if you trust in the love of God, you can step into the light and it dispels darkness. And it will drive things out of your life that are holding you back. See, it's not God trying to hold you back. It's things within us and our own conscience and, and so much is going on. And, and it will work against us. But when we move into the light and we are able to find someone that we can confide in, that we can talk to, we need Christian brotherhood, sisterhood more than ever. That's biblical. And to be able to do that, it's a powerful, powerful thing. See, God is absolutely in, more interested in who we're becoming than what we'll ever do. So you've got to allow this process to work. 
and not fear it. You know, you, you see this light showing up all the way through the scripture. And it's a good thing. And the last one is we have to position our hearts and position our hearts to do his will. We, we talk about connecting to God's purpose. Ultimately, that is about the will of God. Wherever it takes us, whatever it costs us, it is about His will. And it's, it's almost a little taboo in the, in the modern time that we're in right now, even in, even in good, strong churches, to where you don't talk about that level of sacrifice, of commitment, of, of, of complete surrender. I was visiting with uh, Pastor David uh, this past week, and we were talking about some different things and uh, of some some opportunities, some things, and that, that, and we're just talking through it. And I'm 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 soundboarding some things off of him. Again, he's he's serving in an executive role, so there's a certain place and certain things that I may talk to him about that I'm not talking to everybody about. But as I'm talking to him about this. Man, he just he dropped a nugget, and of course, Pastor Kevin knows him, you know, and go back goes back a lot longer than what I do. But man, the wisdom he 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 made this statement. He said, "What I have found personally to be true is surrender precedes guidance." Because I'm, I'm trying to look for the will of God and say, okay, what is, what is God leading? What, what is our next you know, steps? And what, what's God asking? And I'm trying to process all this. And, and in the midst of this, he drops that bombshell on me. <laughs> Surrender precedes guidance. And I just begin to think back of some of the biggest moves and changes and things that decisions that I made in my life, and I and I had to I had to agree that it's like almost almost that things were withheld to the point till I could get to that place of surrender. <laughs> and when I was willing to move into that place with open open hands, open life. In a place of surrender, that then God was giving me the guidance, those steps, those things that I need. Listen, let, let, let me try and break it down a little bit simpler. I had a, a, a great pastor uh, years, many years ago, and uh, in my life, in my beginning as a young Christian. And, and I heard him share this story. He 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 uh, he had worked on the railroad. He he had um, um, you know raised in church, but mm, he wasn't really serving God and not not really into it. Into it, and and um, kind of felt early on, even as a young person, that he was called, but you know just wasn't going to go that route. And he had gotten a landed a great job for a railroad. You know, so he was living the dream. <laughs> and 
on the railroad. But with that, he was fighting off some things. And one of the things that he had that's, you know, I mean, I think there's all kinds of bad habits. But, you know, sometimes, you know, um, he, he chewed tobacco. <laughs> and, he, and he had come to a place, he had had a real encounter with God, and he felt that God had called him to the ministry. So now he's wrestling with this that because he couldn't picture himself in counseling session with someone. He's got this big old char tobacco and he's, you know, spitting in the cup. <laughs> Trying to minister <laughs> and having this tobacco addiction that he had because he, he lived for his tobacco. And so he's, he's wrestling with it and he had tried to put it down and he kept picking it back up and he was going over. And finally he said, God, why can't I get rid of this? I want to get rid of this. And he felt the Lord spoke to him and said, the moment that I ask you to, the next time when you feel in that moment that I'm saying, lay it down. He said, if you'll lay it down, my grace will be sufficient. And he said it wasn't too long after that, that he just felt that the Spirit of God just nudged him and said, quit now. And he said he just threw it away and never even craved it after that. That it just broke off. God's grace is a powerful thing. God's for us. I want us to just offer our lives to Him because it, it ultimately is a place of surrender. And when we surrender to Him, in spite of life's challenges, in spite of things that we face, ultimately, we'll win. We'll win out. Because you, 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 I just don't believe that somehow even when I read my Bible to the place of those who literally were martyred, lost their lives, I believe their rewards are made up on the other side. I don't think you'll ever outgive God with anything. Part of the reason why we're able to give that what we're doing right now for any additional folks that are in need is we had a very generous person in our church there in San Angelo that stepped up and just gave something over and above and said, man, COVID's been rough. If there's, if there's some needs, how can we help them? And we need to, as the church, do our part. <laughs> man. Come on, let's be the church. Amen.